This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's read God's Word this morning as we begin a very crucial subject. I actually wanted to call this Satan. <laughs> but I said that in that topic on the flyer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we decided to say, uh, knowing the strategies of Satan or something like that. Hope I'm right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's read First Peter 5. But you should know something about the one that you are dealing with every day. In overcoming any kind of battle, you don't only know yourself, you also know your opponents. I love football so much and a coach must understand how the opponent plays. Otherwise, you cannot win. You must understand and you must not underrate anybody. Under 21 World Cup, Israel trashed Brazil yesterday and kick them out of the tournament. I saw the latter part. Brazilians did not believe it. I mean, Israel, <laughs> you know some nations, you don't hear their names in football. Quarter final, yes, so Israel is now, they qualify for semi-final. Even the commentator couldn't hide it to say, wow, they gave Brazil 3-2. If I could have more than that, because they lost penalty two times. And I was like, wow, even me, I just came in like 80-something. Israel, you should expect like 6-0. But you see, <laughs> hallelujah, you must know your opponents. So let's read 1 Peter 5-8. We want to begin to talk about this guy. Who is this guy? You have to know him to understand how to deal with him. So, when Peter received the revelation, he gave a warning. Be sober. That's a command. That's an instruction. Be vigilant. Join a vigilante group. Why? Because your adversary, the devil... So, number one, you have an adversary. And this guy is not joking. As a roaring lion. Thank God, not a roaring lion. But like one, walk it about. When God asked him in the time of Job, Satan, where you come from? He said, from to and fro the face of the earth. It is his ministry. He was telling God that my assignment hasn't changed. I've been working up and that's what I do. So Peter recognized that and he said that he's working about. This is the reason why it might be this person's turn today and then this person's turn tomorrow. Because Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time, but he has a very good military division. 
which of course he copied from God. So the Bible says, he is walking about, he's looking for one thing, seeking whom he may devour. God bless you, can have your seat. Thank you. Hallelujah. Again, pay attention to these words. Be sober. Be vigilant. Jesus put it this way, watch and pray. When you are not sober and vigilant, it's going to overcome you no matter how much strength by the spirit that you possess. So it takes advantage of people not being sober, people not being vigilant, because it is always present. One of the things we'll be doing for weeks, we will try and examine the names that Lucifer or Satan is called in the Bible. Because unlike in our time right now, when names don't have anything per se to do with identity, in the culture of the, where the Bible evolved from, in that sense, the Jews and the Israelites, they would name a person according to the function or the identity of the person. So when you understand names given to Satan in the Bible, they depict his character. For instance, one of such names is the old serpent. That means when you look at a physical serpent, you will receive some lessons on the nature of Satan. I learned, for instance, that cobra, they call him King Cobra, as one of the species of serpent, can stand like this, can remain motionless for a long time, studying a prey. A snake can be in a person's house for days and weeks without anybody knowing Come out in the middle of the night, swallow it, right? Go back to the roof and stay there. And you will never know for days, for weeks. Because they have a nature. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I read it on the internet. Now, I don't know whether it's a true life story of a young girl who decided to keep snake as a pet. And then the snake was growing and growing. And then, all of a sudden, the snake stopped eating. And the girl felt concerned. You know, over there, they keep all kinds of things as pets. <laughs> yeah, my roommate, I keep his serpent as a pet. <laughs> and then somebody has to change room. <laughs> Amen. And the snake stopped eating for days. And she carried the snake to a vet, doctor, out of concern. Thank God for an experienced doctor. He looked at this and he said, your snake is not sick. He said, I'm going to ask you about two questions and I will tell you what is going on. He said, every night you have a cage for the snake. She said, yes. The snake comes out of the cage. She said, yes. And it lays by you on the bed. She said, yes. He said, the snake tried to lie down side by side with you. She said, yes. He said, the snake started doing this about the time the snake is as long as your height. She said, yes. He said, the snake is preparing to swallow you. The snake can swallow. So, he said, every time it comes in night, it's measuring. Am I big enough to contain her? Because now, this is my said, the moment the snake discovered that now I'm big enough, 
is preparing his stomach because to swallow your size, he has to be hungry for many days. So you are the preparation. Of course, you went to kill this day straight away. See, that tells you the nature of Satan. He can be patient. He can wait. But let's just look at what the Bible says about this guy. Some don't want to talk about him at all. Saying, Jesus, we have but you, you can't be more righteous than the word of God. If a preacher listens to me out there, or you're a Christian, say, let's just talk about Jesus, let's talk about Satan. But the Bible is starting to talk about him. So should you. Hallelujah. Who is this guy that the word of God is warning that when it comes to him, be sober, be vigilant. We are not talking about a little tiny creature somewhere. Like some will say. Jude chapter 1 verse 9. I want to show you something from there. You know, we must let the Bible be the Bible. Jude 1 9. Yet, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, it disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a real accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. What does this mean? Now, Jude is letting us know that when Moses died, somewhere up around Somewhere along the line, Michael the archangel came for the dead body of Moses. Well, the Bible they actually actually puts uh, dead body, but body of Moses. When did this happen? We don't know. And the Bible says when Michael came to take the body, Satan appeared. And the Bible says even the archangel Michael, they put it there to let you know archangel Michael will not just start charging against the devil, but he brought the name of a higher authority. Who is this being that Michael saw and he said, that, look, I respect you. So instead of me fighting you, there's something about you. Let me call your guy. And he said, the Lord rebuke you. But I am not going to do this fighting. Of course, Michael will do that later in the book of Revelation. But why? And the Bible puts that yet, or even Archangel Michael, then what happens to other angels? Now, in God's division, you have God. After the order, this is the arrangement of the order in heaven. You have cherubims next. Then you have seraphims next. Then you have other angels. Some other people will break it into five. They will say you have God. You have archangels. You have cherubims. You have seraphims. And you have other angels. Mentioned in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 6 talks about seraphim. Now they were the one that Isaiah saw in the year that King Uzziah died. And he said they have six wings. Not all angels have wings. But the seraphims have six. The Bible says they cover their eyes with two. They cover their body with two. And they fly with two. It's not the kind of wing that you see like a little wing. It's a wing that covers the entire body. They cover their face because of the light coming from the El Shaddai. It dwells in light which no man can behold. So, not even angels. So, they have to cover their eyes while worshipping. Because the throne of God is full of... 
Then they also cover their body. Because the Bible says, Hebrews 12, 29, God is a consuming fire. The light in his presence is so strong for them to just stand. So they have a very strong wing that covers their body, their face, in worship. Because they come near the throne. I get what I'm saying. So those are the seraphims. But then God has four cherubs around him. They are also called living creatures. And then you see them in Ezekiel chapter 1, Revelation chapter 4. So the Bible said these guys, now, they have four faces. Revelation chapter 4, Ezekiel chapter 1. So as for the likeness of their faces, they fall out the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side. They fall out the face of an ox and on the left and the face of an eagle. So this living creature, when you stand before them, you'll see the face of a man and the face of an ox also at the front. At the back, eagle and lion, depending on how they are looking at you. And the Bible says that their whole body is filled with eyes. Now, some have said that the living creatures also cherub and the cherub creatures. Well, that's not the subject that we are looking at. We are looking at classes. So, the Bible says, if archangels are the most ranked, or some people will say that cherubs are the most ranked, whichever one, the Bible says, Michael saw Lucifer. Now, who is this guy? Let's read. Uh, let's first start from Isaiah chapter 14. I think I have verse 7, but I'm actually going to Ezekiel 20, but let's start from Isaiah 14. The old lot is quiet, they're ready to go for to verse 9. El Benet is coming to midday, verse 10. Begins to talk now. They shall speak of the other because we can down like 11. Where, where he start talking about uh, Lucifer 12, just go down uh, how are thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning? How are thou called down to the ground? We did waken the nations. Next verse. You have said in your hearts, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of congregation in the side of the north. Now, you remember, God dwells somewhere up there in the side of the north. That's why the song says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Take it from the book of Psalm. It's Mount Zion, side of the northern city of the great king. This is why no writer in no covenant will talk about north anyhow. So when David said, promotion does not come from the east. It does not come from the west. It does not come from the south. He omitted north. He said God is the judge. He lifts one and he pulls down another one. But he did not say it does not come from the north. Because according to David, Mount Zion, side of the north, city of the great king. So when you say that pressure does not come from the north, that means I say it does not come from God. Do you get what I'm saying? So Daniel will open his window towards Jerusalem. That was actually the side of the north. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. But then that was all coming, and now it's no more in the north. He lives in you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, I said in your away, the side of the north, verse 14. I will ascend above the height of the cloud. I will be like the most high. At this second service, I'll begin to talk about worship. This is what pays Satan when you are worshiping God. I will be like the most high. They will worship me, but God answered him. Next verse. 
yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pits. Next verse. They that see you shall now only look upon them and consider the saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? One day, Satan will be called out by God. Strip of all his powers and abilities and his uh, deceptions and all those things. And the Bible says, when you look at it, you'll be wondering. So this is the guy. When Graham died of cancer, when they slaughtered 1,000 people, all the accidents in this world. So this is the guy. That is the extent to which God will reduce him one day. But not yet. Ezekiel 28. So all women who were buried on earth, but now they are in heaven, they'll be wondering, so you are the one. So you, this guy, all the marriages are broke. So this guy, you, you know, you won't be able to, ah, so is this guy, 5.9 tall, that Lord, help me, Lord, give me a chance to squeeze his neck. I got to say, no, it's not necessary. There's already a lake of fire prepared for him. God, let me say, to shock nations. I, I thought it would be one big creature, but you're going to see a very handsome guy that will look like somebody in his 30s. Because when we get to heaven, somehow everybody looks like the same age. When Jesus died, about 33, that was probably how Adam looked when he had the forbidden fruit. He died and Adam died at night, 39 years old or so. But he must have looked like a young man until he ate the fruits. So when you see angels, so an average angel that you see, they look like somebody in their 30s. But these guys have been around forever. Yes. Any angel you see, well, there are elders in heaven. But I don't want to go into all that because people will start writing and start posting on Facebook like, hey, what are they saying there? <laughs> I told you that I love Oropo's treatments. If you can't preach on Facebook, you can't show us your message. All you do is to pass comments on someone else's. You go on someone's page and be trying to talk and argue what they are preaching. Why don't you preach your own? It shows that you are shallow because you know nobody will listen to you. Guys, they wait for a popular post. When the arguments, you see comments, 200 comments, then they put their head. They want to say something against everybody. Thank God for block button. I don't waste time with idiots. Even anyone who comes on my page and you challenge what I say, I will answer you. We are all learning. If you show me from the Bible, we talk about it. But if you come rude, arrogant, and try to, I, I, I no, because servant of God must not strive. So I will just cut you off. I mean, just the Bible says that uh, follow peace with all men. One of the ways of it just peace. So, God, <laughs> Bible says the servant of God must not strive. No, it's true. <laughs> Amen. If, if your right hand causes you to sin, the Bible says you should cut it off. So if a post is cutting you to, it's about to cause you to sin, just cut it. Because I don't know why people would do that. Anytime I post and somebody says, ah, no, 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 I see it this way. I welcome it. We talk about, okay, show us your scripture. We look. We all know. Nobody knows it all. But when somebody comes rude and arrogant and begin to insult, you are commenting on a post, you are abusing the person that all those nonsense you are teaching. It shows that you actually lack manners. At least Facebook manners. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, some people are just at war with themselves. You can't know the simple conversation without insulting people. You have your word. Post whatever you want to write there. 
Glory to God. Anyway, they are not our... Are you following me? So, Ezekiel 28. Let's start. Looking properly. What does the Bible say about this guy? Let's start from verse 13. Ezekiel 28, 13. Thou hast been... Let's start from 12. 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyros. That's the name he's given here. But you know this is not talking about mortal man because you will see in a while. Say unto him, thou seest the Lord, thou sealest of the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Aye. If you are very beautiful and handsome, be careful. God made you beautiful. But see, Satan goes for vessels like this. The Bible says the force you should know about him full of wisdom. Many years ago, Pastor Abel would say that you can call Satan a wicked man, can call him a self, but never call him a fool. Because he knows what he's doing. If you have never seen advanced temptation before, you understand what I'm saying. He is not a fool. The three temptations he gave Jesus, they were serious. Hey, when they caught the woman out of adultery and asked Jesus that, should we stone her? What sayest thou? One of the greatest temptations on the face of the earth. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews, that he was tempted at every point in time, yet without sin. Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4, they only recorded three temptations. But Hebrews says I was tempted at every point. So many temptations came to Jesus that the Bible did not record. One of them, when the woman was caught in that of adultery, that was a very high standard temptation that was given to Jesus. When he said, should we stone her? If Jesus had said, don't stone her, the stone will come to him. Because according to the Jews, anything you say against the law of Moses will die instantly. And if Jesus feared death, and he said, okay, stone her, he would have rubbished the very reason why he came to the heart. He said, the son of man has come that none should perish, none, including a prostitute. That would mean that you have come, one has perished under you. You have denied your ministry. Do you get what I've just said? Because he was coming to die for all. Under his watch, none must die. So he brought mercy, not judgment. So the wisdom of God came to him immediately. So he didn't say yes, he didn't say no. He just said that, let anyone who has no sin. See, sometimes when people ask you a question, the Lord will tell you not to answer the question, but to answer their hearts. In marriage, you are going to see a lot of this. And this is why people break off, fight, divorce, and everything. There will be occasions where the Lord will tell you that don't say what you call the truth. Don't say anything. You want to challenge the person. And the Lord just says, keep quiet. Talk about something else. And in talking about something, you actually reach out to this and the matter is solved. That means if you are too given to emotion, you cannot work with God. The thing is burning inside you. You are waiting for your husband to come up. You are even doing your hand like this. Ah, when he comes, he will tell you, talk and destroy the home. Some men also, you are waiting. You Everything, everything. You must talk about everything. Sometimes, wisdom helps you to overlook certain things. Because at times, there is a matter, but it is not yet right to talk about it. That's what I said. The art of a white man studies both time and season. It's not every issue that you should drag out now. And then we have to talk about it now. Sometimes it will make more sense when you wait for just one week. Just one week. 
but you are burning, tossing to and fro on your bed because you want to talk. Shake your head. Ah. Say, what is wrong with you? Ah. Mm. Take it easy. Take an injection of wisdom and sleep. So I notice many of you, when I begin to talk about marrying, some eyes will be going to my wife. <laughs> be, be, be careful. <laughs> That's what I will do. When I say that, they look at her and say, okay, so. <laughs> May the Lord help you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you following me? <laughs> Church is wonderful. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's stay with this thing. All we are doing this morning is introduction. And it's going to next because we have to begin to look at names. So the Bible said that full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. It's as if God put something in this guy, the way he made him. That's high. There is the church of, uh, well, I don't know whether which uh, group, Mammon or whatever, teaching that Satan was Jesus' brother. Jesus was never created. He's the living one, but Satan was created. God created him as a beautiful fellow, full of wisdom. Next verse. Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God. Now, a little talk on this one. This Eden is not the garden of Eden on earth. Actually, Eden means God's presence. That's a name. If you check the Hebrew Greek, so anywhere the presence of God is, you call it Eden. So God actually created a place in his presence for Lucifer. That's why he said the hidden of God. Because this part happened before God ever created man. Every precious stone was like covering. I don't know of any other angel that is enjoying this right now. God took all pressure. That means no precious thing. Topaz, Sardius, those are the things you see emanating from the throne of God. In Revelation chapter 4, when John saw the throne, he saw, so like the sight of an emerald. Topaz, these are the things on which the cities in heaven are built on, or built with. They are pearls of insurmountable values. You can't find them on earth. God garnished them together and used it to make Lucifer. So every precious thing was part of his Makeup, and the Bible said the diamond, bell, onyx, jasper, all of them, sapphire, gold, the workmanship of thy tibrets and thy parts were prepared in thee the day thou was created. Now we worship God with instruments, but God put it inside Lucifer as he was working on him. The Bible said pipes, keyboards, <laughs> yeah. No wonder people have said, well, it was really quiet in heaven. I don't know whether there was quiet in heaven. But certainly, Satan has something to do with worship. And it looks like no angel could worship the father like him. So this is what the Bible is saying about him. Next verse. Thou art the... Now, this is the main point. It begins here. Beautiful, wise... But not only that, this word is strong. You've heard me talk about it a few times. Thou art the anointed cherub that cover it. Like he was one of the cherubs guiding the throne of God in worship. But the Bible says he was anointed. 
And I told you for the meaning of that word, that if you check your, if you have a concordance, I check the Hebrew, that means mimshak. That's what you see there. It talks about anointing to spread. That's why people do money ritual. It's a, it's a form of contract with Satan. When somebody has a contract with him, they spread. When a singer dedicates an album to him, it will conquer the world. And we will get there in a while that one of his names is that he's the God of this world. The God of the system of the world. So the system is under him. Anointed cherub that cover it. Thank God that the Bible did not even say that you were. You know why? The gift and the callings of God are without repentance. When God gives out something, he doesn't take it back. Ah, let me not get ahead of myself, but let's just say no wonder when Jesus too came, he came as the anointed one. Because somebody was anointed before. But the person blew it. So how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. There must be anointing involved. So it was an anointed. The Bible didn't talk about any other cherub has been anointed. But this one, anointed. You can also use the word, the separated cherub. But that's part of the anointing. The sep- that means, even among cherub, if there were four of them, if you have four of them now, we don't know how many were there. We don't know when all these things happened. But the Bible said that there was a time. And even among cherubs, this guy was specially anointed. He was separated. Yes. Anointed also means the chosen one. That means God chose Lucifer out of everybody. And you see, the Bible says, I have set this soul. So God is saying that I am the one. I gave him the anointing. Thou was upon the holy mountain. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of stones of fire. Now, this is a big controversy. So people have argued about this. But whatever you look at it, there seems to be a place in the presence of God that no one will dare tread but only Lucifer. So he could do a stunt before the throne that no other person could. In fact, that was the reason why pride entered him. Because he was elevated above the rest. And then he seemed to have, I mean, no other person had all these stones inside them. So it looked like when Lucifer passed by in heaven, even the glory of Lucifer. So the Bible says, and then all others will stand like this. It will just come and be maybe demonstrating, walking upon the stones of fire. Because in the presence of God, at the front of his throne, there is a river of fire. So that there is a limit to which everybody could get. But Lucifer could advance beyond. That was what made him to think that he had seen it all. It's time to overthrow the Most High. But he does not know that the Most High is a wonder that does not end. If you look at God, if God shows you the throne 20 times, either you visit the throne will be a different experience. Because you can't see all of God. He has no end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some have said that people really see things because when people see the throne, if seven of you are taken to the throne of God and you come back to report to us, all of you will see different things. Yes, there will be some similarity, but you see a lot of different things. Why? <laughs> it is an unlimited wonder. You've heard about the fact that angels cannot even tell you how it looks like. When they worship and they look at him, as they worship again, they see another person. When the joiner was taken there, Jesus was just talking to him in heaven and every sentence Jesus made, he would look at you, he would have grown bigger and brighter. And he said, my Lord, you are changing. And Jesus said, I don't change. He said, I am the Lord, I change it not. He said, you are the one changing. 
He said, as I'm speaking to you, scales are falling off your eyes. So you are seeing me more and more and more and more. And he said, no matter how many times I taught you, you can't see all of me. But you will keep growing in your vision, but you cannot get to the end. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I've told you before, the realm of the spirit is strange. If you enter the gate of heaven through a door, when you come out of that door again, you are not going to be at the same place. That's how the realm of the spirit is. And there are many doors in the spirit. When you enter, you enter, you see a green, let's say a green rock, and you enter. When you come out, it might be a brown rock or a bridge that you are going to see. It's full of mysteries and wonders. God is mysterious and he loves it so. <laughs> so actually you can only know only as much as you are given to know. Because in this mortal body, you cannot know beyond a certain level. That was why Paul, after all the revelations, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was caught up to heaven, or maybe about, I believe he was talking about himself. He said, I heard unspeakable which man should not utter. Said so they told me some things that I cannot repeat here on that. But after all those revelations, Paul still wrote and said, We know in parts. We prophesy in parts. He said, Because with all the things I've been given, a man carried like this to heaven to see things. When he came, I still said that, You know what? We know in parts. The, the formula, the, the syllabus there, it's too big. <laughs> you are built. Say, Place that song. In all your ways. Hallelujah. God is wonderful. How many people enjoy what I'm saying? Even though we are talking about Lucifer, but I'm way back to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me end. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, thy great name, Immortal, invisible, O God, holy wise, divine, most blessed, most glorious, the Almighty. Stay with that scripture. Thy great Ezekiel 28. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. That I have said this so you walk upon the stone of fire. Verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity. Ah, Lucifer, why did you do this? Let me say this straight away. Gifted people should be very careful. That's why when God wants to test you, He makes you extremely gifted, but puts you under a leader that is less gifted. It is to test that gift and purify it. After a while, you have opportunity of the Lord showing you to the world. But if you miss it at that time, and you begin to complain and do things and fight, yeah, it is the reason why in those days, in the battlefield, generals of those days and kings, they always kill the smartest person. Yes. Because they all knew somehow the person that is likely to betray you is the most gifted and the one that you have given the greatest asset to. 
access to, the one that you have trusted most. So in the mafia world, I thought they just kill a person. Say, why? He says, it's knowing too much. <laughs> but we are Christian, we are not mafia. You shouldn't be afraid of what they subordinate with anybody. You just commit yourself into God's hand. So we will, we will look at many things. It's not until iniquity was found in thee. David had many sons, but the most answer was Absalom. Obviously, David loved Absalom. The Bible said that he had a free flowing hair, and he would cut his hair once in a while, and he would wait the hair longer than women's hair. All ladies are here. You can't grow your hair like that of Absalom. He was so handsome that when David saw him, he was proud of him, but iniquity was in his heart. Every day Absalom kept looking at that throne. As people were saying that long live old king, Absalom said, I want this thing. His brother, half-brother, raped his sister and they killed him. That was Ammon, the firstborn of David. Absalom killed him. And David was angry. Absalom fled for two years. And everybody could tell that David's heart was after Absalom. Every day the king would, they would put food just in a little of the food. He, he didn't want to say that, even though this guy is a murderer, but I love him. He's too handsome, too charming. Finally, Joab arranged something, and David said to the woman that he said, Absalom, right? He said, yes, sir. So, okay, go bring him. He said, but you know what? When he comes to town, I don't want to see him in the palace. I'll give him a house there. Let him stay in uh, Yaba. I don't want him here. David was actually speaking by the spirits. He should not allow Absalom around him. We are going to look at these characters around him. But he made a mistake because he loved the guy. Then Absalom sent him a message one day. Why did he tell me to come back there when he would not allow me to come to the palace? And the king said, okay, you can come. And he came and he bowed. Of course, the king hugged him. He loved the boy. And Absalom started his escaping again. It will stand outside the palace. And everybody coming to see the king, he will say to them, hey, because he was very handsome, as a prince, they will fall down to watch, he will carry them up. In those days, you know, royal, royal, you, Quill, okay, it's now King Charles. I told the protocol, some of them I read on the internet of even standing before the queen, or when the queen was, I don't know of the king, but when the queen was alive, you dare not stretch your hand to the king, the queen. She will stretch. You are you are to take, and you must not leave. You, the queen must not see your back. She will be the one to leave after conversation. You will stand there till she will go. Or you cannot say, okay, hold on, mama. And then, <laughs> no. Then I was told that when you are eating with her, you watch her. Yes, all those protocols they are all there, and you only when you are before her, you only answer what she tells you. You don't initiate a topic. I say, hey, ah, God bless you, man. I've been trying to say, help us. <laughs> so you are limited to whatever she discusses with you. Or in those days, she discussed with I don't know who is there. I don't know about the preacher, but I believe it's the same protocol. They maintain this tradition for years. So now, that's in the civilized world. Now think of those words then. People are always, almost worshiping the king. So Absalom carrying them. Ah, they will go back to town. And they will say, oh, like his father. That one that everybody will bow. You will bow there for one hour. Before he will look at you and say, hey, what, what, what are you here for? The Absalom will carry you. And in some cases, he will kiss them. Hiya. Those people, they will get home and call all the neighbors. Presidential kiss. The Absalom pecked me. Ah. And you know, when he was there, he would leave a statement behind. That, ah, 
Say, look at all these people outside. Waiting to see my father. Some of them wait from morning till night. It's how I wish they will make me king. Everybody will get justice. Nobody will wait like this. We'll bring everybody on there, you see. I will, I, I will make myself available. My father to see him. You go through security, go through PA, go through this one. He said me, I will just stand outside like this. Everybody can see me. And people started spreading the news. Anybody in any church who goes to see a member in the house and they begin to discuss the leadership of the house is a descendant of Absalom. Anybody. Anybody. I don't know why church leaders are like that. So somebody begins to say, ah, okay, they are not welfare, they are not I don't know why they are like that. I don't know. Even when we've told them, they should listen to me. He might appear to be your friend today. He will betray you tomorrow. That is Absalom that you have right in your house. Even if you are angry, he is supposed to reconcile and say, ah, no, they are not like that. A pastor sends an associate to a house. He gets to the house of the people. He begins to talk against the pastor. I mean, tell them about the... He say, I don't know. He's too full of himself. Now that, that is a very direct main, <laughs> protege. Descendant of Absalom. But you know how the year he died eventually. But David loved him. Even Joab, the commander in the, of the army, loved him so much. They all loved Absalom. He was very handsome. By the time the king realized, what I told him about stopping, Absalom waited for the right time. Before King David could say Jack Robinson, all the soldiers were for Absalom, except the men that grew up with David in the wilderness. When Absalom said, hey, in town, David just saw this drawing sword against him. David had to run away from town for his own son. He said, if we do escape tonight, Absalom will finish all of us tomorrow. Quietly, he won all soldiers to himself. And that was what, why Joab was angry. Joab was very upset. He loved Absalom, but Absalom did not include him in that plan. He had a new commander he wanted to choose. And David somehow knew. The day they were going to face, so David ran away in town. Soldiers were now coming to David. They were going to come back to or face Absalom's soldier. As they were going, David said, I can't go with you because I can't face my son and kill him. Then he told Joab, all soldiers are under you, please. He used a very strong word. He said, deal kindly with the young man Absalom. This guy is a murderer, he's a rebel, I don't want him to. He's a charming guy. He said, don't kill him. And David said it before all soldiers. But Joab was already angry. When the battle started, Absalom, like Lucifer, overrated himself. You were born in the palace, eating meat pie and milk. Your father grew up in the wilderness. For 13 years, he ran away from Saul. They were like terrorists. Your father could trek miles. They could be beaten by serpent and they would recover. For 13 years, they were dwelling in forests and he made a mistake. He went to fight him in the forest. We should have fought him in the palace. They wasted his army. That, what do you know about fighting? David said, you are coming to fight us in the wilderness. Where will we be for 13 years? So Absalom was right. They didn't know how to ride in the wilderness. And his long hair, the essence of his beauty, caught the, a thick tree and he was angry like this. Somebody said that Edge rejected him, Evil refused him. So it was in between. And that is what will always happen to traitors and people betray. And a soldier saw him and came to tell Job. He said, I saw Absalom dangling on the tree. Job said, ah, why need to kill him? He said, but God, we all heard when the king said that you should be kind to him. Job said, nonsense. He told three darts in his heart. He told you, he said, if you had killed him, I would have given you money. God said, I spent about money. Thank God for lawyer soldier. 
He said, but what we all heard when King said you should not kill him. Then Joab went there. Well, I heard, so you, <laughs> you want to become king and you want another commander to replace me. Bible says, while he was still alive, he threw the tree in his heart and he told people surround him, kill the guy. And when they told David, he began to mourn. And David, David was a remarkable, he said, oh my son, Absalom, I wish I had died in your place. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. People say the Lord when I tell Bible stories. <laughs> I want to, I want to stop it. We are not talking about Absalom. We are actually looking at Lucifer. It's amazing. But David was watching Joab. Number one, he disobeyed the king so that he didn't stop there. When he heard that David was crying, he came inside the palace and he told the king, was talking to his own king. He said, "If you don't come out to address the soldiers now, say men fought for you. They fought. They some of them died." Because you were fighting your son's army. And now you are crying because we killed a rebel. So if we don't come out and address the king now, I will withdraw also just from you tonight. He said it will be more terrible for you for all the evil that has happened to you all your life. Talking to David. And David got up to land and he came back and said, Okay, soldiers, thank you for fighting. We thank you for today's victory. The rebel has been quenched and the boy went in. And David, that's why he said, There was a man of wisdom. So begin to fight you at that time, you will destroy the kingdom. David left Joab for many years after. He didn't do as he had anything against him. But when David made Solomon the king, he said, my son, I have three charges for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, the day I was running away from your brother, Absalom, a guy called Shemei. See, David, it was a, as David was running away, there was a guy called Shemei. He was from the tribe of Saul. So to them, they put that David stole the kingdom from Saul. Human beings are very sentimental. You see this playing out even in politics. They knew very well all that happened, how they became king. But to them, we are some, we are descendants of Saul. We are tribe of Saul. David stole the mandates. So the tribe of Benjamin hated David, many of them. And when he was running away from town from so he covered his head. Shimei was walking on the mountain. He said, Oh, <laughs> finally, Nemesis are caught up with him. And he began to throw dust on David's head and was abusing him. He said, God knows that you stole the king. That's why your son is stealing it away from you now. Go and die. So David got said, Sir, should we waste these idiots? And David said, our son is about killing us. We are running away from our son. We still want to kill someone else. <laughs> he said, Shimon is only abusing us. He said, the son that I gave back to is about to kill me. So what is this one? Say, just leave him. Say, leave him. Say, God will. He was a wise man. He said, do you still think we should still shed blood with what is going on around? And the man said, that's true. And he left. Of course, when he came back to town and Absalom died and everything ended, Shimei came and he nailed the egg, Josiah. Uh, he said, Satan pushed me. Uh, and David said that. And he told David, I swear he said that I will not die. That you will not kill me. David said, I swear I will not kill you. Uh, but wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I see that in the movie before. The guy did that before he killed him. I said, please don't kill me. Don't kill me and my family. And the guy put his gun and he said, I will not kill you. And he was walking. Then he told, I told his servant, shoot him. And he, he talked to the wife. He said, at least I did not kill him. He said, he said I was going to shoot him. But he said, I should not kill him. And I pardoned him. He said, but he killed him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said, no. So David said, you will not die. But David told Solomon, ah. He said, there are guys. He said, you see Shemel. He abused daylight out of me that day. He said, please. Don't let him die in peace. Then he said, there is a commander. He said, you know Joab very well. He said, you know that Joab did to me. 
He said it was Joab that killed Abner. When I reconciled with the family of Saul, Abner was the commander-in-chief of Saul. I told Joab to leave him. You are my own commander. Abner has ended with Saul. Saul is dead. Abner will be told to retire. But Joab felt Abner was a threat. So he killed him. And everybody thought it was David that asked him to do it. Because David invited Abner for a meeting in town. And Joab heard about it. They had dinner to and David said, it's over. Your boss is dead. I'm the new king in town. I released you because he was a good man. And Abner was going joyfully. Joab got around and somebody told Joab that Abner came and the king let him go for free. Joab said, when? Five minutes ago. He rode and he rode after. He said, Abner, come, come. The king said he forgot something. And Abner came down. Because he wouldn't have been able general to general. But Abner laid down his guard. He said, the king just said, I should remind you something. And he said, what, my brother? What? He thought it was time of peace. And Joab just pulled dagger. And then that was how he killed Abner. And David still blamed Abner. He said, diet Abner as a fool. He said, when they didn't tie your hand. That as a military general, you should know better. You should have said that Joab. In other words, me that I'm a king, I know Joab is ambitious. You, you should know as a fellow general. Somebody is told to replace you, you are still alive. He will be hunting after you. You should have told okay, what do you want to say? He said, you, you die like any other recruits. So David was waiting. And he said, help me deal with Joab. Yes. And that was how Joab died. The more he saw that Solomon was coronated, he ran to the altar and he held the horn of the altar. According to law, you must not kill anybody on the altar. They just Solomon, he said, sir, Joab is in the altar and he's holding the door. He said, kill him there. <laughs> he said, my own my is different. He said, I am not David. He said, kill him. <laughs> Solomon was saying, he told Shimei, he said, come. Shimei came. He said, you know all you did against my father. He said, but I forgive you. He said, but this is what I need from you. You must not travel out of town. Never again. Ah. Shimei said, sir, thank you. When you call me, I thought you were coming to kill me. He said, just not travel out of town. I'm, I'm, I wasn't planning to go anywhere in the first place. All of a sudden, within weeks, two of his major servants disappeared. And somebody came to tell him that they found them. Let's say they went to Abiyuta, they found them in Abiyuta. Who, who did that? It must be Solomon, huh? How come they didn't run away all these years? Then they ran away. Then they found them. They told the chairman that see, someone was looking for their soul. So he traveled to go and bring them back. And as soon as the Solomon just said, come. Did you say I was being fair by saying you should not travel? And that you swore that you would never travel. Why did you travel? So you know what you did? You did not perform the oath of the Lord. He now said that he said, let me tell you the truth. He said, all you did to my father, I will pay you today. So it's not about your servant running away. I set you up. He said, I better waste these idiots. And they kill him. That was how Solomon was wasting all of them. Why was it that when Solomon became king, Joab ran away to the altar? He knew straight away that all power, he said, it ends here. He knew some people, you don't deal with them. You wait. Even God taught us that let the wheat and the tears go together. In an attempt to harvest, you will do a wrong job. Sometimes you have to wait. There is a day of reckoning. Why people don't act too fast? Did you get something from what I just said? Yes, sir. What led to Absalom was that nature of Lucifer. So he got close. He saw it all. And he was charming. God just loved him. This is why never depend on anybody. Love people. Love people so much. But you see, love all men. It is true. 
At times, if you place somebody in a special position and you overlove them, when people like that wound you, you might not recover. Yes. This is why you should love, spread your love. Love all men as Christ will love them. Because at times you can overlove and begin to almost worship a person. And it will happen in such a way that the relationship will, will, it will break. Yes. Is someone blessed this morning? You know, we are just doing introduction to Lucifer. We have not even talked about him at all. Just introduction. I'm not letting you know the guy we are dealing with. Part of it will get you how to overcome temptations. But even from the financial, you can naturally see how he operates. How he operates. It looks at something evil. It puts his Meshach anointing on it. It looks good. Eve was by herself in the garden. The fruit was never looked good until serpent spoke to her about the fruit. There is no iniquity Satan cannot make attractive. He has an anointing. The anointing is still with him, but it's a corrupt anointing now. And the anointing entices a corrupt anointing. She was in the garden by herself. We don't know how long that God had made him before serpent spoke to her, but she had been there for a while. And serpent said that, as God said, I said, he first said, as God said, you should not eat any tree at all. He said, no, no, no. He, didn't. he just said, of the... And she said, God said, we should not even touch. And serpent brought it. He said, oh, no, no, no. It's not like that. But the moment the fruit got to the hand of the serpent, it became something charming, something enticing, something beautiful. She ate it and she gave Adam, Adam to eat, who heard directly from God. There's no word that God speaks to that Lucifer cannot corrupt if you are lying. Yes. Yes. I have told you before of a guy when he was in university. I have never seen with my two naked eyes that kind of miracle before. When he commanded an amputated leg to grow and it grew. He is outside the country now, championing gay rights against God and everything. Medical doctor. A classmate of his met him, one of the people he used to pray to then, who is now born again. That the miracles, he said, even though I hate Jesus, not here, but that miracle happened truly. He said, but I don't send, I don't care. I just don't want God again. There's no level. There's nothing it cannot corrupt with the Mimshak anointing it possesses when it's allowed to. The Bible says Eve looked at the fruit. It looked like something that would make one wise. Why? Because Lucifer spoke to the fruit. Yes. Historically, men who are slept with maid and all these things at the time the temptation is on, she will look so beautiful. It is when they are done that they realize what they have done. And the family might never recover again from there. It makes temptation very look. It makes it beautiful. It makes it very beautiful. I know something that got involved with his secretary. It's over 25 years that he's still regretting it now because the thing just destroyed the whole family. He didn't know the way to that to turn out that way. Yeah, God prayed out and became something else. Destroyed the whole family. He told his friend, he said, I, I can't imagine that I removed my clothes. I said, with this one. That's how Lucifer was. Any kind of emotion is so beautiful, so attractive. Like a snake can be in the house for a long time. Quiet.
Let's rise. Is someone blessed today? <laughs> Hallelujah. This is part one, and this is just the beginning. The Lord bless and keep you. Father, we thank you for your lift up your hands and just thank him. Just give him praise. Just give him praise. Just honor him. Just thank him. Somebody is watching me. I have just warned you with this message from what I have said against the temptation that is coming around you. Withdraw yourself. Don't fall. Don't fall. There are heights which when you fall from, it is difficult. So there is nobody God cannot restore. But, but there are situations where you, you fall and it's going to lead to a lot of things. Even though the Lord will restore you, it can restore you. But the consequences. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.